Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. This is Community Update on Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT. Good morning, I'm Jim Rosari. There are plans for a more than 160-year-old prison in LaPorte County to close its doors. The Indiana Department of Correction intends to shut down the Indiana State Prison in Michigan City and combine it with the Westville Correctional Facility. The department says merging the two facilities is the best solution long term. Officials from the Indiana Department of Correction will be at the State Budget Committee meeting tomorrow to ask for the release of the money appropriated by the General Assembly for a new prison in an effort to combine the Indiana State Prison in Michigan City with the Westville Correctional Facility. This will be part of the $1.2 billion project in Westville. The state prison, which is a maximum security facility for men, was built in the 1860s, but it can hold more than 2,400 inmates. Westville, formerly a hospital, was renovated and became a correctional facility nearly 25 years ago. The department says this is something that needs to be done. Releasing a statement to WSBT today saying in part, combining two inefficient, out-of-date facilities, Indiana State Prison and Westville Correctional Facility, is the best option to carry the IDOC forward and meet the department's long-term needs. The department says the plan will go into effect after the construction of the new facility and that many decisions will need to be made before then. He says there's no official plan yet for what will happen with the state prison property in Michigan City, but that more information will be released as it becomes available. Construction for the new facility could take three to four years. WSBT's Anne Lurie reporting. A new report from ADP Research Institute says Indiana is nearly the worst state in terms of pay growth. South Bend Regional Chamber of Commerce President Jeff Ray says that while the city is on pace with Indiana with a 5.2% pay growth, different factors such as housing costs play into the ranking. ADP Research Institute ranked Indiana as the 47th worst state for pay growth with an annual rate of 5.2%. The country's annual average is 6.2%. Data from the South Bend Chamber of Commerce breaks down the wage increases for six major categories of employment in the city. With construction up about 5.7%, manufacturing about 4.8%, retail trade at 3.2%, professional services up 4.1%, education and health increasing 6.5%, and tourism hospitality at 5%. South Bend Chamber President Jeff Ray says that means the city is pretty much on par with the rest of the state. Ray says he's not concerned with the low pay growth increases and compares South Bend's to places such as Chicago and Detroit, which have much higher costs of living. Our cost of living index is 86.9. Chicago's is 114.4. So that means it's almost 30% more expensive to be in Chicago than it is here. So Chicago had to raise wages to help keep pace uh, for rising costs. We didn't feel as much of of that need um, here. He says the chamber's goal is to continue to help employers grow and drive wages up. Ray thinks with the new businesses coming to the area soon, pay growth will be on the rise. We got to just keep doing what we can to drive those wages up, bringing good quality jobs, 
here, um, have an environment competitive. I think things like like the AM General Plant uh, and the um, new GM Battery Plant are both going to be things that drive wages up. Ray believes that workers who are not currently getting the wages they want have those opportunities available to them and encourages them to seek out those paths into those higher paying jobs. WSBT's Asher Bookspan reporting. The doors of Praxis Landmark Recovery closed Thursday afternoon after its license was revoked and its Medicaid contracts canceled. These decisions also impact the company's locations in Bluffton and Carmel. Local recovery advocates say there are many resources still available. The state revoking the license and Medicaid contracts at three landmark recovery facilities. In a statement sent to WSBT 22 earlier this week, the company said that means 400 Medicaid patients per month won't be able to get access to care. Quote, an average of four individuals with addiction die per day in Indiana. We believe that more will die as a result of this decision to shut down over half of the Medicaid treatment beds in the state. Alicia Wells, who works with Recover Michiana and Allendale Recovery, says people have been discouraged by some of the recent news. But she says one bad rehab experience doesn't define a person or the recovery community. But what we say is not all treatment is created equal. And so that's why it's so important to reach out to trusted members of the community that are walking this walk and um, trusted recovery centers that are community-based. She says there are programs across the state for people wanting help. Wells says calling local resources like Allendale or Oak Lawn can point you in the direction of inpatient and outpatient care and peer recovery groups. There really doesn't need to be a fear about their safety. There are so many great rehab facilities in Indiana um, that are going to help people turn their life around. And we don't want fear to drive what they're thinking about possibly going to treatment. Make the phone call because we're going to find a bed for you in the state. And regardless if that is a Medicaid or a private insurance, if you're ready to begin your recovery journey, we're here to help. WSBT's Erica Finke reporting. The number of deaths from traffic accidents remains alarmingly high in Michigan, according to the Office of Highway Safety Planning. In 2021, there were 1,053 deadly crashes across Michigan. Out of 2,705 total cell phone-involved crashes in 2022, 703 of them resulted in injuries and 11 resulted in a death. It's been a month since Michigan went hands-free to combat that, but has it had any effect? Distracted driving, something Greg Sanders, the chief deputy for the Berrien County Sheriff's Department, says is a leading cause for accidents with injuries and deaths. He says it's a big issue. That focus, once you take it off uh, the road, um, leads to more accidents. Michigan had a law targeting texting and driving for more than a decade, but now that the phone can't be in your hand for any reason, officers can spot and cite the issue more easily. It is a primary reason for a stop, so it's adding an additional factor uh, what they can be looking for. He says the law has helped increase the number of drivers pulled over for using their phone as well as the number of people cited for doing it. The Office of Highway Safety Planning says this law makes it illegal to hold or use a cell phone or other device while driving, including while you're at a stoplight or in traffic. That means FaceTime calls, holding the phone up to your ear, or even using navigation. Despite the law having gone into effect June 30th, Sanders says the biggest issue his officers have faced is that some drivers don't know enough about the law. I think there's a bad habit that people have gotten into with using that phone. Even if it is on the mount, the law says that 
you're not supposed to use it other than one touch. But he says overall it's been a success in helping officers do what's most important. And we need to get these drivers focused more on uh, driving. This will help our officers uh, and everybody in the community to be safer while out driving. WSBT's Ann Lurie reporting. A prominent name in the trucking world is halting operations. The Teamsters Union says Yellow Trucking is filing for bankruptcy. That announcement is impacting 30,000 people across the country, including some here in Michigan. A worker just laid off told me the closure came without any warning, and it all comes from the major debt overload Yellow was facing. The workers have to come first. They have families. Nearly 30,000 are left without a job after Yellow Trucking Company abruptly announcing they will be filing for bankruptcy Monday. I've gotten no warning, no phone call or anything. The shutdown comes after Yellow failed to reorganize and refinance the roughly $1.5 billion of debt it had, a large portion of which came from the $700 million pandemic-era government loan provided in 2020 under the Trump administration in exchange for a hefty 30% stake in the company. And now the taxpayers are going to be on the hook for that $700 million. The $729 million it now owes the federal government is due in 2024. Yellow has repaid only $230 million of the principal it owed, in addition to $54 million in interest payments. The shutdown also comes in the middle of its ongoing and costly conflicts with its employees. Last week, the company declined to contribute to its employees' pension and health insurance plans, nearly promoting a strike. And that's what upsets me. When, a, when one party says we're willing to work and the other party says, no, 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 we gave you what we wanted. What kind of negotiation is that then? Shore says the company closing so abruptly has left many concerned with being able to pay their bills. How is the driver going to, that just started, let's say six months or a year ago, and he has to come home and has to tell his spouse and his kids he just, that he just lost his job. I did reach out to Yellow Trucking, but they have yet to respond or provide a statement. WSBT's Tiana Baxter reporting. La Casa is teaming up with the city of Elkhart to break ground on a new apartment complex for low-income families. 30 total units currently in the works in different parts of Elkhart and Goshen. Now, today's groundbreaking is part of a partnership between La Casa, the Indiana Housing and Community Development Authority, and the city of Elkhart. The future apartment complex will feature four one-bedroom units as well as four two-bedroom spots. Those with La Casa tell me this project, which will cost a bit more than $1 million, has been in the works for a while, and they're happy to finally get it going. We have uh, multiple uh, new houses for sale um, that are either in development or for on the market right now. Um, we have uh, a couple rental rehab projects going on in Goshen right now. We've got this uh, starting soon. We have another project on the north side of Goshen that will start in the next uh, six months or so. The hope is for tenants to be able to move into the building in late spring or early summer of 2024. WSBT's Leo Goldman reporting. Portage Manor is being boarded up. Crews are actually working their way around the building to board up its windows. But as for the future of this building, county commissioners say there's a lot to consider when it comes to the building and the land. 
The Portage Manor Building, which was once a county-owned assisted living facility with more than 144 beds, no longer has residents or definite plans for what it will be next. St. Joseph County Commissioner Derek Dieter says inventory is being taken of what's left. Dieter says the building will be under 24-hour watch by off-duty officers and video surveillance. He says appraisers will come to look at the building and land, then it'll be up to commissioners to meet with the county council and decide what's next for the more than 10,000 square foot building and 120 acres of land. Everything is on the table, including selling. Dieter says the building will need some help if anyone is looking to buy it. While nothing is official, Dieter says he has plans for the land's use. Really two things I can guarantee. One, I'm going to put a bike and walking trail in the woods. And secondly, I'm going to build a, a Challenger Little League for the handicap. Dieter says any funding that was still allotted to Portage Manor has been used for employees' salaries as they finish the closure, and some of that money will be used for the settlement between some Portage Manor residents and elected officials. Commission President Carl Baxmeyer says they're considering selling some inventory left behind. I think anything that's loose, we're looking to inventory and decide what's the best way. Is it something that needs to be left or can we uh, auction it? No architectural work will be taken down for now. Dieter says he recognizes that some in the community are upset to see Portage Manor services come to an end, but he believes the commissioners made the right decision. This place had a good run and we got to the place where we had to make a decision. Commissioner Baxmeyer says organizations have reached out with interest in making this building a historic site. WSBT's Ann Lurie reporting. The South Bend Police Department was one of thousands of departments across the country that invited the community to National Night Out. The annual Night Out event is designed to bring people together and remind everyone that we're all neighbors. It provides a chance to strengthen relations between the community and law enforcement. South Bend Common Councilman Eli Wax says events like today are necessary to keep the peace. Mission is to protect and serve, and to do that, they really need to have a positive relationship with the people that they do serve. Gun violence for this year is currently down in South Bend and currently on pace to be the least violent year since 2019. The police department's transparency hub shows data through June with nine gun-related deaths in the first half of 2023. WSBT 22 News has also reported on three more deaths in July. Officer Javier Bourne, who organizes this event, says this is an opportunity for officers to better understand issues affecting the community. With events like this, you bring members of the community into a low-stress situation where you can approach a police officer and just talk to them about things that's going on. You can also come to other vendors and see what services are available to them. One service available today was Save or Stand Against Violence Every Day, an effort to end gun violence in South Bend. Save organizers oftentimes visiting victims and neighborhoods of gun violence to help them through tough times. Michael Winston, Save's director, has lived in South Bend his entire life. Things are actually down in South Bend based on this time last year. So what we do is continue to engage, okay? If you can soften hearts and change minds, and you instill that emotional intelligence in someone, then you give them an alternative to pick, picking up a gun and pulling a trigger. Now the South Bend Police Department says cookouts and events like this are in the works in the near future. WSBT's Sean English reporting. Views and opinions expressed are those of the individual speaking and do not necessarily reflect the views of WSBT Radio, its staff or management. Join us next week for Community Update on Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT.
Hey, everyone. Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 